How excellent is thy word, O Lord, in all the earth. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor Greg, in this Heavenly Authority Sermon, has been analyzing what the Bible teaches concerning the selection of elders and deacons in the New Testament church. And we have looked at three factors in the selection process. First, the qualifications listed for these offices in the scriptures. Second, the selection by the local congregation of those who they believe meet the qualifications. And then third, and to finalize the process, the actual appointment by God's anointed leaders after they have prayed and confirmed God's will. We saw the appointments by the apostles in Acts chapter 6, and then Paul's charge to Titus to appoint elders in every city. And last time, we looked at Timothy's like involvement in the selection process as Paul's representative and as one who himself has a special call of God on his life. Before we return to the sermon, I want to remind you about our church website at shiarjashub.org. Serious times require serious Bible study, and I'm sure the content on the site will help you accomplish this worthy goal. That's shiarjashub.org, and you can check Isaiah chapter 7, verse 3, for the spelling of Shi'ar Jashub. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo, and we'll pick up in 1 Timothy and go back a minute for context. And we see how important a role as a budding apostle he has under Paul. If you look further down, and now in chapter 5, if you look in chapter 5, verse 17 of 1 Timothy, we study this first part in 17 and 18. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. And again, remember when we studied that, we said you can have um, offices together. You have the office of the elder, and then there are those who are elders or pastors that have the gift of teaching, too. And um, you can have a double calling, and he says that they have that double calling, they're worthy of double honor. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. So Timothy is involved in establishing at this church the honorable position of the elder. Then it says in verse 19, Paul says, Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. So not only is his role establishing the honorable position of the elder, but in discipline also, right? Are disciplining those elders who really are 
sinning. And he's not just supposed to entertain any gossip. Um, a lot of times in churches there are gossip, there are lightly made charges, you have people who are discontented. He says, do not receive an accusation against an elder, don't listen to it, except from two or three witnesses, unless it's a solid accusation, unless it's something that's really serious. Just don't listen to idle discontent. But then, he says, those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest also may fear. And clearly that applies to the elders. It might also apply to those who are making accusations that are unfounded. Um, be they those that are bringing the accusation that's unfounded or the elders themselves, Timothy has the charge to publicly, uh, in the presence of all, rebuke. Well, who is he that he can do this? He's a representative of an apostle. He's been chosen by the Holy Spirit, and he's an apostle himself. So you see this third element is very important in the church, in the selection process, uh, in setting forth the elders uh, and the deacons of the local church. And then to show the importance of what Timothy has to do, that's why the people would bring the charges to Timothy to begin with, because he's in this position, this Holy Spirit anointed position as an apostle. And then to show Timothy, the seriousness of this calling, Paul says in verse 21 of chapter 5, after he says in verse 20, those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest also may fear. This is not a, a trivial thing to bring an accusation against an elder, and it's not a trivial thing for an elder to sin against the congregation. And Timothy is a double check on that. Then Paul writes in verse 21, I charge you, Timothy, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels, so that's a pretty solemn charge, right? That you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality or favoritism. Critical importance of this aspect of his calling, not to show bias, not to show personal prejudice or favoritism, but to let the Holy Spirit guide him, let the facts guide him. Don't take an accusation unless you have two or three witnesses. This is a serious, serious charge before you take and you rebuke in the presence of all. Can't be based upon your personality, Timothy. This is a serious uh, position to be in. And then verse 22, do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins, keep yourself pure. Don't just go around, you know, automatically anointing a person or appointing a person, laying hands on a person, giving some of your authority onto them. Think before you leap. This is a solemn thing, this appointing of elders, this appointing of bishops. You have all the criteria I've given you, right? We assume that the church here is making selection, and now you're going to finalize the selection, and not only that, you're going to oversee it, right? You're going to be the one responsible for any charges brought against the elders. Don't be hasty. Don't show favoritism. Don't be hasty how you lay hands to finalize, to finalize these selections. There's supposed to be a purity. He says... Don't share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. There should be a purity in the selection. 
So if you remove from this process of the logos, the qualifications, how many churches have taken those qualifications and thrown them out the window? Uh, we like to keep the democratic aspect of the church body bringing those who they see fit forward because we live in a democracy. If you were waiting for a democracy to put Moses in charge of the Israelites, never would have happened, right? He would probably be the last person they would have selected. Jeremiah would have been the last person the Israelites at the time of the captivity would have selected. So democracy does not equal Christianity. There is a democratic aspect to Christianity. If you just keep that and you throw away this Holy Spirit anointed authority, you have problems because you're cutting off an important part of the ingredient in the selection process. And just to be very clear again, when we're talking about the apostles' role, we're not speaking about an institution, an organization, some supposed apostolic succession. We're not talking about that. Rather, if you go back to our background study in the Old Testament, you have individuals clearly called, set apart into a very special relationship with God, anointed by the Spirit, and their call is clear to God's people if they have eyes to see and ears to hear. We saw in detail, if you look back in Acts chapter 13, the selection of Paul and Barnabas, right, to go out, to be sent out for the field, the missionary field, sent out apostles in chapter 13, the church in Antioch in Syria. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, which would be Paul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, again, you have that fasting and prayer, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And Paul knows this because God has revealed it to him beforehand. I've called them already, now I'm confirming it to you by the gifts of the Spirit to the teachers and the prophets. Then having, what, verse 3, fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. Right? Holy Spirit selection, men confirm, and they lay hands on Paul and Barnabas. Yet Paul would write in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 1, he says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And he goes on then in the, the epistle to the Galatians to speak about how when he had this revelation from God, he didn't even go right down to Jerusalem. He received it from God directly. And then he went down and he talked to Peter, he talked to James. But his position as an apostle was not dependent upon Peter, nor was it dependent upon James. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ. You see, only God can really call to any position. Right? Man can only be used to confirm that call, as the teachers and the prophets 
uh, confirm the call on Paul and Barnabas through the Holy Spirit. You have an, an apostle called by Jesus Christ, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and it's shown not by an institution approving him, but by his life, by his work, by the purity of the truth of what he's teaching, the gospel he's teaching, the Holy Spirit anointed it all, evidences not according to some tradition, evidences not according to some institution, but evident to those who really believe, who know the workings of God, who have eyes to see and have ears to hear. Like the call on Abraham. What were the qualifications for Abraham? What was the institutional authority given to Abraham, right? He left any institutions behind him over in uh, Babylon, right? But God's call on Abraham was evident. God's call on Moses was evident. God's call on David was evident. What were the institutional credentials given to David, right? He was the last son out in the field, the last one that his father would have selected. And yet the Holy Spirit tells Samuel, a like anointed person, to lay hands and anoint with oil, David, right? Isaiah, the calling on Isaiah was evident, on Jeremiah was evident, on Daniel was evident. Only God can call to any position. Man can only be used to confirm that call. On our website at shiarjeshub.org, you will find information about our church, radio programs, links to our podcasts on Google and Apple, and a link to our 10.30 a.m. Sunday live stream on YouTube. And the website again is shiarjashub.org.